0: Welcome back to Poison for Profit. My name is Zach. I'm Nick. And uh, we're back after having a week off for Thanksgiving holiday. It's good to see you,
1: Nick. Yeah, good to see you too. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving.
0: A lot of stuff has happened uh, since the last time we met. Uh, Yeah,
1: no kidding. It seems like uh, things don't stop (laughs) when we take a break.
0: Good news is we have two new episodes coming this week, try to get caught up on things. And uh, after that, we got plans for our first in-depth series that we'll talk about a little bit later.
1: Trying to give a little bit meat, more meat to the bone, um, Dive dive a little deeper into some of these topics.
0: So let's get right into it for this uh, past, I guess, last week's news. At the World Economic Forum meeting of the Alibaba president, J. Michael Evans announced that the platform is going to be launching a carbon footprint tracker for individuals, individual users on uh, the Alibaba platform, so AliExpress uh, is included in that, which is kind of like Chinese Amazon. Basically what it is, is it tracks people's shopping and travel behaviors uh, and it also gives rewards. It's kind of like a rewards program based on that. So, I guess the more sustainable, the more green products you buy, things like that, you get... Um, coupons, things like that. Right-wing media uh, blowhards, I would say, uh, had a had a field day with with this news when he brought it up. He basically uh, said that it, it was just something they were going to uh, release or introduce soon, um, and then you know everybody on Twitter talking about is is all up in arms about how it's going to be the next tool in tracking everybody's movements. Um, You you probably know what I'm talking about, Nick. Have you seen people talking about anything like that, about not just, you know, Alibaba, but... um, Right.
1: Yeah, I think that's a huge uh, privacy concern a lot of people have nowadays. I mean, I feel like you can't go on any, uh, you know, like YouTube or podcast any other podcasts that have ads and they'll tell you oh get this VPN service to block uh, these companies from tracking you. So I think yeah. privacy is at the front of a lot of people's minds.
0: Yeah, um, and it's not it's not really an you know an invalid concern. Um right. I definitely understand it but I think it's kind of being blown out of proportion with what it is now. It seems to seem I've seen a lot of people linking it to like the Chinese government controlling the public now and it just doesn't seem like it's that to me, you know. This is more of a this is a private company's tool that they're using, right? And it's to track to track people's behaviors, right? Just like any other company does, with targeted ads, with you know, buying people's data. Uh, I mean that that's all this really is. Right. And it's it's not
1: it doesn't punish you, does it? For no, no, it's not forcing so... people to buy
0: certain products. Yeah,
1: so it's not like it's this is something I guess you can opt into if you're truly concerned about your privacy. Um, yeah, and I, it's. I, I was just gonna say I see it as a good thing if I'm just another way to keep people accountable.
0: Yeah, not even accountable. It's just kind of incentivizing better, you know, more sustainable products, right? It's not
1: like that's true.
0: Yeah, people are trying to equate it to, to a, um, like the social credit score, like that, that Black Mirror episode. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like that. Um, I mean, that's just not the case right now. And I, I am kind of curious to see where it leads, what direction this kind of goes after they implement it. Um, I know, like I'm not a. Fan of world economic forum um but this seems like just people kind of jumping the gun on on what it means for the future of like individual freedom i guess consumer freedom
1: and honestly though it's to me it's i feel like people should know it's it's just giving people more knowledge as to what's happening with their purchases you know yeah it's, it's more so oh this pan is made with non-stick coating that has been linked to PFOS, you should go for stainless steel or cast iron or you know I don't know if it's going to be that way but exactly I'm interested to see what the app looks like but something like that I think is huge to help people make more informed decisions
0: yeah I, yeah like all it really is is more informed decisions exactly like you said even in like air travel, have you have you had to book a flight where it shows w- which flight is like the most uh lowest carbon footprint or anything like that?
1: Yeah, I see yeah. that. Yep, it is <laughs> interesting.
0: I, see it. I yeah, so I get like so the the for some reason I don't know why on Twitter I get a lot of suggested tweets for me uh-huh. that are like. Kind of unhinged. Like <laughs> Rob, like Rob Schneider's tweet, like political tweets are on my feed for some reason. But Wait, He's like Rob Schneider, the actor. Yeah, so he's very like. <laughs> I guess he's political now, but uh, like he's tweeting things about um, seeing those, seeing you know information about carbon footprints on flights, and he's tweeting about it being part of a communist takeover or something it's just it's like insane people tweeting on these things that they don't really i mean it's not what people will say right there's certain things that we talk about on this show that uh, i don't know i not know how to describe but like there's a definite line between what this kind of market marketing of sustainability is and what companies do to kind of Maintain their 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 market share or like their profitability, right? Right. Marketing something as sustainable is in no way like boosting profitability. I, I mean, you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Like, it's not
1: all they're doing is again, like we said, it's they're allowing people to make more informed decision. I I think oh, unfortunately, a lot of people they're gonna go lowest price, or this is the time I need. But for some people that have the option to make a a choice, maybe they will choose, oh, this one is 80% more emissions than normal, but, or I can do the one an hour later and it's only, you know, 35% emissions is normal.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, that's all it is. It's just more information for consumers. The only way
1: they can make it so it's a bad thing is if they... I mean, even to me, it's not really a bad thing. But if they do start charging, I can kind of see a little bit of the argument. Like, oh, you want to use the flight that's more uh, carbon released. Like a carbon tax for consumers. Sure. I can see a little bit of that argument, but I'm kind of for that. I mean, if you're going to do more damage and cause more harm for private gains, why not have a public tax that then can be used to uh, go back into mitigating those emissions? Yeah. yeah. That's a whole nother topic.
0: (laughs) It is a whole nother topic, yeah. And that's not what's happening here. Like this is just an incentive program for Alibaba users, right? Right. Um, There's no carbon tax or anything going to these individuals. Um but we'll see what's next. Uh I know companies like this, these multi billion dollar companies, it's usually, technology like this is usually somehow used to do something like that. So I guess we'll just keep an eye on it and see what happens after this gets implemented. I mean at this point I don't think it's gonna be all that consequential in the near future or in how people make decisions um, right. I think there's a lot of emphasis on people spending money wisely and saving money I think there's a lot more emphasis on that than there is on spending consciously like you know what I mean like environmentally consciously um we just got done with COP27 so a whole <laughs> lot of talk about decarbonization um it's good to incentivize consumers to make those choices. I don't really like the idea of regressive taxes for decarbonization and putting that on the consumers because there is that, you know, rampant, I guess, individual responsibility to save your money. And, and mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, it's it shouldn't really have to be up to individual consumers to drive this effort.
1: Well, yeah, especially with individual consumers making typically yeah. less of an impact.
0: Than... Yeah, N- that being said, um, I'm hoping this carbon tracking technology is used more in the future on companies um right industry you know it's not really necessary at the individual level unless you're talking about like ultra wealthy people with yachts and, and private jets and things like that it's not that necessary to track everybody's habits like that if this if we're talking about it in terms of like a decarbonization effort right
1: right Jumping right into our next topic, we're going to be talking about Whole Foods' decision to pull uh, Maine or Gulf of Maine lobster from their shelves. Uh, so this has been pushed by a lot of environmental groups because the fishing gear that's used to trap lobsters uh, has been causing a lot of entanglement for the Northern Atlantic right whales which they're an endangered whale species that are rare to begin with. Uh, I think they they believe that there's only 340 of them in existence. Uh, so they're on their way towards extinction. So Whole Foods has said that they're pulling this species, um, or this food, from their shelves to help with that issue. So... I think on the surface level, this is a really great thing. Uh, However you think about uh, Whole Foods or not, as they are backed by Amazon, Jeff Bezos, (laughs) everyone's favorite environmental organizations. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, What does this mean? I mean, I don't know if you have, I mean, you may or may not have some insight to what it means for kind of the the main economy, or or I guess I would ecosystem, ass- or you know what I mean, like yeah. What what is going to be the impact of this in the area?
1: For like the state of Maine, I would assume that there'd be little to no impact. I mean, Whole Foods is probably buying quite a few lobsters, but I think a lot of their the lobsters that are harvested up there are sold to restaurants and wholesale. Okay. Uh, more that that way than to... Okay. I would assume. but, And I'm sure there's still tons of other uh, grocery stores that are going to continue to carry the, right, yeah. the Gulf of Maine lobsters. Regardless of what Whole Foods is doing because they don't have the luxury of <laughs> Taking something like that off their shelves, especially in New England, everyone eats lobster. Yeah. So
0: Yeah, it looks like Seafood Watch placed a place American and Canadian lobster fisheries on red list of seafoods to avoid. I assume that's because of kind of this um, the impact it has on whales.
1: Yeah. It's definitely been the case um i know out here especially there's been a lot fewer lobsters uh it seems like their populations might even be declining with the warming of the seas so uh, is
0: that okay so did you hear anything about what was it dungeness crabs or some kind of crabs in alaska No. (laughs) Wasn't there, like, a disappearance of, like, uh, millions of crabs or something? I wouldn't
1: doubt it. uh, Because a lot of, like, crab populations are at least, like, there's the blue crab in New England that has been getting kind of outcompeted by the green crab that's invasive from uh, Eurasia, so... Could be something along those lines. It also could be something with the the waters, but I'm not sure on that one.
0: Yeah, so snow crab in Alaska plummeted from eight billion in 2018 to just one billion in 2021. Whoa. Yeah. That's quite the drop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess shellfish is, must be just super sensitive to ecosystem change
1: definitely
0: Um, yeah
1: it just reduced like i don't i mean if the water gets warmer they they might be a shellfish that needs you know yeah the colder water so then that's just reducing their their habitat even more
0: yeah so but But you see this as a good Move, I would say so. Hold, yeah,
1: I, I think especially for uh, the right whale. That's the, to me the biggest, uh, the biggest win in this to me because, I mean, the whales have been endangered and having issues for so long, and from all the you know olden whaling, and they just are so large that they're running out of space. It's it, you know that the, where they actually can hunt and do what they need to do so i i think this is a, right whales i believe are one of the larger species of whale as well so i think that this is a, a great move um i'd like to see um more grocery stores and suppliers do the same but Will that actually happen? Who knows? A lot of people like to pick profit over the
0: environment. <laughs> yeah. People love lobster too. <laughs> this is true. And Maine especially, I think. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. it's
1: uh, It's the thing to do. You go to Maine, you eat lobster, so.
0: about coca-cola again Uh, this time it's coca-cola's coca-cola's undermining of plastic recycling efforts uh, and how they kind of use their you know like we call it greenwashing or green philanthropy um, to to kind of obscure the other things they do that makes it more difficult to um really make progress on environmental issues in plastic recycling can you guess nick how much plastic is recycled into new products how much you use plastic gets recycled to make new products
1: Mm, i want to say like 10 percent
0: half of that five percent of plastic is recycled into new products I only knew that um, from my time with uh,
1: Greenpeace because I <laughs> have to go around and say things like that to
0: people. <laughs> yeah, so 95% of plastic waste is not being recycled. Um, either, you know, it goes to landfill or the ocean or it's just littered. Um, but, you know, of that 5% um, that is recycled, um, that includes... 21% of plastic bottles so almost 80% of plastic bottles like soda bottles things like that are not being recycled uh, and one thing that some states do is have bottle bills which is you've probably seen it for cans where you, you see the on the top of the can the little 5 cents 10 cents in whatever state right so you can yep. collect them and take them in and get uh, a refund for it, or to be recycled. Um, Coca-Cola, which is based in Atlanta, uh, they refuse to support anything that resembles that for some reason. Which is actually bottle bills are the probably the most effective uh, incentive is incentivization. Is that? Sounds Incentive? Right. Yeah. Incentive. Incentive. <laughs> <laughs> for, uh For recycling. Um, it says that states with bottle bills recycle 35% more and have 40% less beverage container litter on their coastlines. Um, I don't know what the reason really is for Coca-Cola not doing it, I think. There is a more cost on the front end for consumers. I don't know if it's some kind of fear of people buying less soda, I guess. Um,
1: yeah, I don't, I agree. I don't really see why they would push against it because, like, when I go to the store, buy a 12 pack of like seltzer or whatever, they just add five cents per can so i i pay an extra 60 cents but then you get that 60 cents back once you take it
0: back to the store yeah it's like a rebate yeah so um and there so there was a meeting between certain environmental groups in georgia um trying to discuss or come up with ways to promote recycling of plastic Uh, and a couple of them, like the Georgia Recycling Coalition and the Keep Atlanta Beautiful Commission, which is um, part of the bigger Keep America Beautiful um, organization. They pretty much knew from the outset that Bottle Bill was off the table. There's no reason to even really discuss it. They knew that any organization that supports Bottle Bill has a risk of losing all of their funding from Coca-Cola or from Pepsi, pretty much any of the, you know, major beverage companies that contribute to this plastic pollution. Um, They will pull funding from organizations that support things like bottle bills. Uh, I
1: wonder if that's because they're, they're worried that starts with the bottle bill and then it goes to stricter regulations on you can yeah. use these plastics because we all know that a lot of i think it's only like the recycled number two and like four actually can be recycled or something like that so yeah. i wonder if they're worried of like you know oh you get this and then it's gonna be this next maybe that's what they're
0: honestly that's all i, don't I, don't I know. Think. Like, it doesn't really seem too logical like, to me. I mean I don't yeah, I don't foresee them really limiting much from beyond what they're doing already and, and the types of bottles they're producing already. I mean those are re- recyclable, so it doesn't make I think it's just a fear of their product price going up. Yeah. And then but I get like I can't get inside of the mind of these people. Yeah. We're at a time where more plastic is being produced than ever before. I think we're on pace to something like triple the production of plastic bottles by twenty fifty. I don't know. There... The... the effort to kind of undermine something like bottle bills when it's the most uh, effective tool to promote recycling, um, and then in turn, you know, blame people for not recycling enough because that's what they do, right? They, there's a lot of, I think, marketing into recycling in general, and res- recycling plastic in general. Yep. But it's pretty much all just placed on the the consumers' responsibility uh to do the right thing, right? Uh and we kinda talked about it with the Alibaba thing, the tracking thing. Um people really the only responsibility I think in the US that people really feel um is financial responsibility, right? I don't think you know whether I'm whether it's right or wrong, like Financial responsibility outweighs anything like social responsibility, environmental responsibility, anything like that, because of just the culture we live in. Right. Um, and you know, if you can get people to, it's not even like it's not even giving people money to do this. You're just the the cost. And the benefit is the exact same, right? You're getting the money back of what it would have costed without it. Right,
1: yeah, it doesn't make any sense.
0: Um, so yeah, when you got these major polluters kind of calling the shots and then trying to, to place blame on the consumers for not doing enough, I don't know. You just got to kind of look at it through a more critical lens, I guess, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. And it it does seem weird now. It's like, why would Coca-Cola be against a bottle bill? It seems like, like like you said, they love to shift the blame onto the consumer. (laughs) Like, that's the perfect thing for the consumer to do. It's not putting anything on Coca-Cola to do.
0: (laughs) Exactly. No, and yeah, and if you put this in place, there is a 0% chance that you're going to get 100% of, like, recycling, right? Right. Like, that doesn't happen with cans where there's different bottle bills in these states. I assume there's not 100% recycling of cans in these bottle bill states. Um, But, yeah, I mean, that's like a win-win if you're coca-cola or one of these companies right like put it in a bottle bill you you'll make more money or like i guess right unless it goes into a fund
1: i it it just basically sits it's like i think it just goes into a fund and that that pays then out to people that bring their cans back because you go like you put all your cans in they give you a receipt you take it in i usually just use it to get more groceries or whatever
0: okay yeah, so where's the risk here? I don't really see it at all.
1: Yeah, I, I don't.
0: I really people don't understand. Drink, it. Yeah, people who drink soda aren't going to quit drinking soda for five cents a, a bottle or whatever it is.
1: Well, and like if that's the problem, then buy a two liter. They charge still five for ten cents for a two liter. It's like yeah. Like if the 60 cents is too much for your sodi pop.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't understand it at all. But uh, I think recycling is something I'd like to talk about in the future. Um, I guess
1: why are we surprised Coca-Cola isn't pushing for the environment? (laughs) Yeah.
0: I mean, (laughs) I'm not really surprised. It's just kind of baffling (laughs) of the, the lack of reasoning, I guess. But yeah, I mean, it's just kind of myth surrounding recycling, especially plastic recycling. Um, I think it's something I would want to talk about more in the future uh, and just kind of like these like like we talked about, Coca-Cola sponsored the COP27 convention uh, basically as a greenwashing effort to make it seem like they're trying to do things um, to, make, to, to clean the environment but I mean they're not doing the most simple things you could possibly do, or the most effective things you could possibly do.
1: All right, our final topic for the day is going to be talking about the Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, just one part of it. We think we might go into a full uh, episode on it, uh, if that's something that people would like to hear about. But the part we're talking about today is the U.S. is going to be auctioning off almost a million acres of Alaska for oil drilling. So there's a whole giant part of this Inflation Reduction Act uh, that is going towards energy efficiency and climate change, which we might talk about in a future episode. But today we're going to focus on this part because uh, I feel like a lot of people are interested in uh, uh, oil drilling off the coast of Alaska. Um, So basically what's going on here is the Inflation Reduction Act was a Democratic bill, Uh, of course Not all the Democrats uh, supported it, one being the West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin. (laughs) Uh, He was a holdout in this bill, and he pushed hard to get this added for Alaska to auction off 958,000 acres of Alaska's Cook Inlet. What this is doing is... Basically, allowing for oil drilling and uh, production. They're going to auction it off the end of next month, December 30th. Uh, and this was one of those uh, additions to the bill, basically, to get Manchin's support uh, to make sure that the bill got pushed through. And so a big concern with this is in this Cook Inlet is one of the world's most endangered whale populations, the Cook Inlet beluga, and there's some other species as well, so there's some pushback, obviously, for the environmental groups up in this region of Alaska. It just, to me, it seems like, again, it's so typical, we can't just have, you know, the one bill for one thing it's we're gonna have a hundred different things in there so no one actually knows what's going on uh to me it just confuses the public and makes things completely i don't know it makes it way far too hard hard for most people to follow
0: yeah and that's kind of a theme with with the u.s uh national politics of congress the omnibus is that what that's referred to um, yeah when you put a bunch of different things into one but it pass it all at the same time and then they Others. always
1: put it put it under
0: a nice name <laughs> oh. yeah so, so. uh yeah and mansion is one of these guys where i think a lot of people who listen to this podcast would probably um be aware of his antics as a uh kind of a block to Anything progressive that Democrats try to get done, um, especially when it comes to climate action or energy, clean energy, he uh, has a lot of investments in fossil fuel and, and coal, specifically being from West Virginia. He uh, in nineteen eighty eight he founded Enner Systems. Uh, and it is estimated to generate over 70% of his portfolio income. So of his, uh, investments, like in 2020, he earned 613,000 from that company's dividends. Uh, and he has about $5 million stake in the company. I mean, he's got a lot of financial interest in survival of coal and, and fossil fuels, um, as you know viable energy options
1: yeah uh, so I guess that makes complete sense as to why he is uh, pushing so hard for uh, this oil drilling to occur uh, I mean I think most people aren't for offshore oil drilling I think there's been so many issues I mean just with like the deep water horizon that's happened uh,
0: bills and Things like that. Yeah, so it
1: just seems like, I don't know. Of course we get this great climate spending bill and uh, we have to have this as a part of it as well. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I guess I'm also not holding my breath on if this will actually happen because this was a, this uh, area was meant to be auctioned off, uh, previously, but it was canceled, um, because there was a lack of interest apparently. Okay. So
0: this is lack of interest
1: for, for the Cook Inlet in Alaska. So that's the area that they're trying to auction off. Okay. So then that was back in May. So who knows if, um, what, I don't know. It's hard to know what will happen this time, but I'm kind of hoping it doesn't get auctioned off. Uh, but Or no one will go for it. But, or an environmental group will go for it and just sit on the lease. But That would be nice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you you want to pool some money together, Zach?
0: <laughs> Maybe we'll start a GoFundMe. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of pretty interesting stuff in this uh, Inflation Reduction Act that we were thinking of doing a full debrief on. Um,
0: Yeah. uh, This is kind of what I was referring to in the intro about maybe a multi-episode deep dive into what it means, who the supporters are, and um, kind of looking at it from a more... Uh, individual angle in terms of, you know, we've got Joe Manchin in there. We can figure out who else is pushing this bill and what aspects they are pushing. So I think yep. it's something we'll look at a little closer and see if we can't pull some interesting information out of it.
1: Yeah, because I, I know for me personally, I it's hard to keep up with a lot of this stuff and Uh, know who the good or the bad guys are because you know typically you think oh a democrat they're going to be going for these things but in this case joe manchin is you know he's the democratic party for west virginia but he is pushing for drilling in alaska so i think a lot of you know democrats from other states would not (laughs) be for that so I yep. just think it helps keep people uh, accountable and know where their vote is going if you're in one of those states. Absolutely. That's about all we have for tonight. Hope you guys have enjoyed this episode might be a little bit shaky a little bit rusty i know we're both feeling that way for for a week off yeah yeah, especially because we've recent i mean we still feels like we just started to me so yeah uh, hmm, hopefully you guys give us a pass on this yeah (laughs) yeah
0: but we will have another episode on thursday after this warm-up it should be a little bit smoother um but hope you this episode as always you know follow us on Twitter at Poisoned the number four profit you can email us at poison the number four profit at gmail.com any uh, comments articles of interest that you'd like us like us to cover please leave a review on Spotify or let us know where else we can add the uh, podcast to what other platforms Like to hear us on anything else, Nick?
1: Sounds good to me. Thank you all for listening. So, with the investment that Coke is getting ready to make in Atlanta
0: and in other major cities across the U.S., it is not going to be a part of that conversation. And we can either do it their way or we can drop out of participating, you know, in the funding that they're getting ready to provide, ready to provide, ready to provide.